Every day, people like you are making the decision to start their own business. During this process, there are any number of questions that may come up. On Entrepreneur's Think Tank, we dive deep into the minds of those who have done it before. Learn from their journey as you work to build your empire. Here is your host, Nicole Henderson. Hello and welcome to the ninth episode of Entrepreneur's Think Tank. I'm your host, Nicole Henderson, and I am honored to have you join me today. My guest today is Ginger Bruton. She's a longtime friend of mine. And she had a pivot in her career, which I think is going to be interesting for you all to hear. And she decided to follow her passion. Um, She's now an interior designer, and she's based in Charleston, South Carolina. So I hope that you will enjoy listening to the journey that she has taken thus far. Um, Now, to talk about the podcasting journey that um, I have taken, Um, it's been an interesting ride, and so I had said that I would always share along the way. Um, I think that each episode now, um, I've had some sort of challenge with audio, so I haven't quite got the audio down the way that I want to, but I still want to put it out there and go through the process and learn by doing. So um, the content is still good. Um, What I'm learning along the way is great. Um, I can tell you I'm looking at a lot of YouTube videos. There's a lot of people in the podcast community that are willing to share what they have learned and what knowledge they have. Um, And you don't even have to pay for it. Um, You just have to take the time to look it up. And um, whatever platform you choose to edit in, um, there's generally something on YouTube that will help you. Or you can reach out to other podcasters, which I've also found is helpful. Um, So... This episode is twofold. It's um, it's a great episode um, with my conversation with Ginger that's coming up next. And just to tell you that if you are thinking about starting your own podcast, don't hesitate. Um, just do it. Um, don't feel like you have to spend a lot of money on equipment and classes and things of that nature. Um, one day I'll do a a video about the equipment that I use so you can see the um, minimal stuff that I have right now that I'm using to record the podcast. Um, And each time it gets better, it's just not perfect um, the way that I want it to be. But um, here is episode nine. Um, I'd love your feedback in the comments. I'd love for you to tweet us and tell us um, what other episodes you would like to hear, people you'd like to hear from. Um, We'd always like to try to get guests on that you'd like to hear their journeys from. Um, Be sure to check Ginger's information out in the show notes. Um, Check her website out. Check her Instagram out. She's got a great eye, and I think I even said that um, during our conversation, um, for the way that she designs and interprets what her clients want. So thanks again for joining me today, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Ginger, thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur's Think Tank. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Um, So first, I'm going to let you start off by telling the audience what you do now, and then I want to back up and talk about that journey to get to this point. Yeah, I am an interior designer um, in Charleston. I'm based in Charleston, South Carolina. I have projects 
basically up and down the East Coast, and I focus mainly on uh, high-end residential design. Nice. So now let's back up. And in school, kind of, or even before, you know, college, but back in where you um, would find your passion or kind of, you know, notice that you like to do things like this, how did, what were you like? Were you artsy? Were you creative? Was this something that you always gravitated to? Um, I've always been creative and I've always, even when I was little, my mom said that I used to always just have my, own, I'd play by myself and have my own company, whatever I was doing. So, um, and I always have loved the arts and crafts and just um, anything artistic and creative. So, um, it's basically, you know, I've, I've just always had that passion and that desire since I was little. I think that's great because, you know, even now we hear that the arts and things are being pulled out of school for teaching to different things. So just to be able to follow that through, I think is, is great. So when you first went off to school, what did you go to school for? So when I went to college, I went to the University of South Carolina and I studied fashion merchandising. And I, I actually started out as a business major and then I changed to fashion, fashion merchandising. And it was great and I loved it, but you know, in South Carolina that basically, I wanted to stay here, I thought, and I was basically going to have to focus on a retail career, which I do not have a passion for. So <laughs> um, retail, I, I have worked in retail for years um, when I was younger, and it's just, it, it was not where I wanted to be. So right. It takes a special person. It does. <laughs> and, so I graduated, and I moved to Charleston, and worked uh actually I started out at Merrill Lynch and I worked there for two years in corporate America and was miserable so I took it because I had some other friends in the industry it was a great job out of college my parents wanted me to have health insurance and you know get the nice little job um with all the benefits so <laughs> I did that for two years and um, hated it. So I really wanted to get focused back on the creative industry. And so at that I point, wanna, I want to dig into that a little bit more because yeah. I know uh, many people in the audience are in that predicament where they are in this safe job, um, not necessarily where their passion is, um, mm -hmm. you know, just to appease maybe parents or spouse or whomever they're trying to um, make happy with that, even though they aren't happy. Um, so I want you to talk about uh, where you, how you transitioned, how you said, what was that like when you transitioned? Like, okay, I'm going to make steps to leave this corporate job and pursue my passion. Yeah, I think, you know, at the time I was really young and, um, in a way, I think that helped because I, I didn't think things through completely. Um, but I also just was kind of fearless and at that time and just said, you know what, 
I'm going to do it, and I don't, I didn't think twice about it, and so that was kind of where I was at that point in my life, but I, you know, it depends on what stage you're at in your life, and I think, I mean, I, th I just think we spend so much time in our jobs and focusing on work and at work and surrounded by, you know, our work family that you really should be doing something that you enjoy and something that, I mean, now not every day is roses. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, whether you're following your passion or not, it's all, it's not always going to be a perfect day. But at the end of the day, I think when you are doing something you love, even when you have a bad day, you still want to go back to it. So um, I just think it's so important, considering how much time we spend at work, that you do something you love. So when you left that corporate job, what was your next step? Did you um, have to get additional education? Um, what did I you did. do? Okay. Yeah, so I started working for some interior designers in the area, and I was doing painting. So I was painting murals and painting furniture, and it was a way for me to get back into the creative industry, but after doing that, or while I was doing that, I just realized I wanted to be more involved in the entire process. So luckily I had a mentor at the time who was an interior designer and she basically just told me to go for it. So I literally sold the majority of my things, put the rest in storage, and I moved to New York and went back to school for interior design. And what was that discussion like with your parents? Yeah, that was, <laughs> well, when I was... When I started, you know, thinking about it, I applied to some schools and I really, <laughs> my mom has always said, you know, she's scared of what I'm going to tell her I'm going to do because she knows I'll do it. So at the time I just said, you know, I'm applying to schools in New York and I'm going to go back to school and she didn't have much to say about it at that time, but then I, you know, and that kind of gives me more motivation when, <laughs> just, you know, to prove to people that I'm going to do it. So, right. um, so once I was accepted, I, you know, told her, I said, I'm, you know, I got in and I'm going to go. And so she didn't have much to say about it, but she was very supportive though, because, um, once I got there, you know, in a big city, very different than where I came from, and not knowing one single person, it was scary. And, you know, she told me, I remember talking to her on the phone, and she told me, you made this decision, and you're going to follow through with it. And so, and I did, and it was, you know, the best decision I ever made. Um, so she, she was very supportive. I think she was shocked, but she was very supportive. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm sure now, even as a parent myself, it would be hard to have my child just up and go to somewhere like New York, who is so different um, than where we're at, and have to navigate that on their, her own. 
Um, But then that's when you just have to trust that the upbringing and things that you have um, told to your child comes through, I guess, and um, that they make good choices. Yeah. So what was school like? I mean, was this like heaven when you went to school for what you really wanted to go for? Or what was it um, like for you? It was, you know, I think being a little bit older, I mean, when we, the majority of us go to college, we're 18 and it's, you know, I I mean, at that point, I just picked a major, something in the creative world. It's hard to really know what you want to do when you're 18, but at that point, I was 24, so it, I appreciated the education much more, and it was um, definitely something that I was excited about and excited to go to school, and, you know, life while I was there was all about school. It was a lot of work and a lot of hard work and sleepless nights and projects, but I had, and I had no social life, but it was worth it because it was doing something that I really enjoyed and I loved. Yeah, I've talked to um, people, a couple of people that were are interested in the interior design field but scared to take that step because they feel like the only place that they could go would be another major city. So mm-hmm. whether it was New York or Paris or somewhere. Um, right. Did you feel like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right, so I'm going to go here? Because there's interior design schools all over, not that they are all the same in quality, but did you feel like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right and make it worth it? Yeah, you know, I did. And at that point, I mean, that was however many years ago. (laughs) So (laughs) it was a while ago, and it was before, you know, a lot of the – especially a lot of the art schools were doing online teachings. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. at that point, I researched all of the top interior design schools, and I knew I wanted to stay on the East Coast. And I've always, I mean, New York to me is my second home. So I knew I wanted to live there and try that out. <clears throat> and I wanted to go to a smaller school. I, I do better in a smaller environment, and this was, I went, ended up going to the New York School of Interior Design, and it's one of the top in the nation, and it's um, a small private school, and there, there were probably, on average, 10 to 15 people per class, so it was really... Wow, that's nice. It was really nice in what I was looking for, so... Yes, I did. I did my research and I said, you know, I want to go to this school and this is how I'm going to do it and I want to live in New York. So that's why I made that decision. Now there are, including New York School of Interior Design, there, that school and then many others that are accredited, which is another reason I went there, um, they do offer online classes now. So you know, I don't think you have to necessarily move to a larger city now. Um, it just depends on, you know, what programs they offer. But I do recommend going to a school that's accredited or taking classes from an accredited school. So once you graduated, then what happened? Did you come back to Charleston straight away or did you um, stay up there for a while and work? 
um, what happened well, after graduation? I, yeah, yeah, I moved back to Charleston um, when I finished, and I did a little bit of research, and Charleston was smaller at the time, and not as many design firms as there are now. So, and everything, the majority of designers, especially at the time, were traditional, and I have more of a transitional modern style. So, I ended up just moving back and going out on my own um, immediately, what really. Was that, what was that like? Was it the steps that it takes to, like, select a location and try to get clients and try to get, you know, find an accountant and an attorney and, and all that yeah. stuff that it takes. What was, what was that like? Not step by step, but just the feeling. I hear some people say oh, it's, it's overwhelming, but it's what I wanted to do. Or what was that feeling like of trying to get all of that set up right after you graduated? It, it is overwhelming. Um, it's, exciting though and again I was pretty young and naive and I just I didn't really think twice about it I just did it and um, luckily I had some friends who I, it ended up and to this day it's still the same I mean it's just word of mouth but friends that were thankfully you know had other friends or colleagues that were looking for a designer and it was slow starting but it eventually you know picked up speed and word you know they spread the word for me and I got some really good first jobs so and it just kind of went from there but it is I mean it is it is very hard I would say you know the first three years probably it took for me to get to the point where I felt like okay this is gonna work I can do this and going back to the mentor I had before I went back to school she told me she said it will take some time so I knew it was going to but I mean it's a hard road and you know and it's scary but it's it's totally worth it yeah, I think on the outside, um, and especially when you kind of have reached some level of success, that it looks like it's easy and glamorous and, oh, she's probably sitting on the beach in Charleston and just living it up, you know, and, <laughs> and instead of that up and down and trying to figure things out and things that may go wrong that you have to, to work through. So I, I, I think that is a huge lesson and no matter what industry somebody is in that, um, it's not always a bed of roses. Right. And I think, you know, you have to have the attitude of wanting to continuously learn. And it's, if you own your own business, it is always a learning experience. I mean, I've been doing it, I've had my own business for 12 years now, and I'm still learning. So you just have to have that attitude that you're eager to learn and you want to evolve because the more you learn, the more you can evolve and the better you become. So, you know, I think that's, I think that's really important too. And so, um, before we wrap up, I just want to talk about what the future looks like. So now that you've gotten to this point, your business has been around for a number of years now. So, 
What are some things that you are thinking about that um, may be going forward for your business and how you plan to continue to grow? Yeah, I, you know, I have never had the desire to be a huge firm with a lot of design designers under me. I like having a boutique design firm and having a small staff and focusing on each project. Um, and I, I would like to keep it that way. I would like to grow and evolve, but still keep it a small boutique design firm. So I would like, you know, that, that's one thing just to become better at what I'm doing. And thankfully I have amazing clients and amazing projects and I really just, I would love to keep that going. And then I would love to transition also into some other outlets of the design world, whether it's lighting or wallpaper. Those have always been two big passions of mine. And um, it seems, you know, a lot of designers are doing that now, but I want to do it right, whether it takes a long time or yeah, or I, not. Think you, I think that you have a very interesting eye, and that's um, I love it. So I, I think mm -hmm. that to, to see you go through that transition and the things that I'm sure you'll share online and um, that you do, that that will be exciting to see once you do add some of those additional things in. And yeah, so finally, oh, go ahead. That, oh, that's all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, finally, what advice would you give to somebody that wanted to step into interior design? What would be the advice that maybe you wish somebody gave to you earlier or advice that um, really sticks with you even to this day? What would be that advice? You know, I think really doing your research on a good school and is, is very important and that's one thing I'm really glad I did and finding the right fit for you and then the designer I worked for in New York is Elaine Griffin and she was amazing and I she told me you know work for somebody for a couple of years and then go out on your own and I wish I had worked for somebody longer just because I think the growing pains of transitioning out on my own would have been a little bit easier. It's never going to be easy, <laughs> but I think I could have learned more about running the business side of things if I had worked for somebody longer. So, because, you know, there are certain things you just do not learn in school. Right. Um, and it really takes being on the job site and learning from other designers so and learning you know that the business side of things so I would say I completely understand where she was coming from at the time and I think that is a huge piece of advice that um rings true so if yeah, you can work that patience yeah just have patience and work for somebody for a couple of years and really try to learn the business side of it so I think that that helps tremendously. Well, Ginger, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate um, your insight and hearing about your journey, and I'm sure that others will also appreciate it. Um, we will tag your information in the show notes so that people can check out your work, 
give you a call if they want to hire you and all that good stuff. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Entrepreneur's Think Tank. We know the journey of entrepreneurship is not easy, but when you dive into the think tank, we hope to make your experience a little better than it may have been. Until next week, enjoy the journey.